You are listening to Sermon Snippets with Max Taylor, where we exposit God's Word and apply its instruction to our everyday lives. As we study God's Word, we are learning truth that corrects our thinking, meets our needs, and teaches us more about Christ. Here's your host, Max Taylor. We've been looking at Daniel's 70-week prophecy here in Daniel chapter 9, and hopefully you've been able to follow along in your Bible and also with the uh, chart that I've included in the uh, show notes to these episodes. Remember that this is a period of the book of Daniel that is written specifically to the Jewish people because it's after chapter 7. Remember, the section from chapter 2 to chapter 7 was written a little bit more directly to the Gentile world from Daniel and his position in these uh, empires and how he was able to speak directly to prophetic future events. Now he's transitioning back to his people, the Jewish people. And we've been looking at this prophecy. And so today I want us to pick up again and you can uh, go back to Daniel chapter 9. We're going to start reading in verse 25. And we're going to read verses 25 through 27. And then we're going to talk about a very uh, essential part of God's plan, and that is the church. Okay, so let's read Daniel chapter 9, verses 25 through 27. It says, Know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and to build Jerusalem unto the Messiah the Prince shall be seven weeks and threescore and two weeks. The street shall be built again, and the wall even in troublous times. Now, we've spoken about that part the past couple weeks, the decree that that's talking about, how that points to Christ's death. Notice that it never gives a prescribed date for Christ's birth. But the Magi, the wise men that we read about in Matthew, were able to be looking for it and kind of have that pinpointed at least around the time it should have been based on the prophecy of the time of his death and even some hints about the time of the start of Christ's ministry. So then we get to verse 26 and it says, And after three score and two weeks shall Messiah be cut off, but not for himself. And the people of the prince that shall come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. And the end thereof shall be with a flood and unto the end of the war desolations are determined. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week, and in the midst of the week he shall cause the sacrifice and the oblation to cease, and for the overspreading of abominations he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined, and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. Now, so he mentions the period of 69 weeks, he says seven weeks plus another 62 weeks. And so we've looked at that period of 483 years. Then he mentions a final week. Uh, It says in verse 27, he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. There's going to be a one week period of time where the prince that shall come, as he's described, that's another term for the Antichrist. He will confirm an oath. He will make a covenant, a peace treaty with Israel for one week. That's going to be seven years. But in between the 69 weeks and then the one concluding week, there is a parenthesis. And that's what we're going to call it. Um, It's this period that's not even mentioned here. It's just a gap in the time frame. 
And it's helpful to think of this timing given in Daniel chapter 9 with this period of 70 prophetic weeks, which we know are weeks of years or periods of seven years. Uh, This 70-week prophecy, you should think of the timing as kind of like the clock at a basketball game. Okay, so it's, it's keeping time, but it starts and stops, sort of like a stopwatch, instead of thinking it as a continuously running timer. Uh, it's like for a sports game where you have a play, and so the, the timer starts counting down, and then when something happens, it stops the time. Okay, and then there's this intermittent period of time where things are happening. Maybe there's uh, someone calls timeout or something. There's a huddle. You know, and, and there's other things that are going on, but they're just not included in that timing, okay? Because it's it starts and stops, and there's periods of parentheses in between. And that's what we're going to focus on today. And typically, it's not a good rule of thumb for the preachers out there who are studying homiletics. Um, you don't want to capitalize and preach on what is absent from a passage in general. And that's a bad habit that some different circles of preachers get into where they they pick a passage and then they preach out of the absence of something and they make up a whole huge outline based on something that's not in the passage and they make that their point. But the reason why I'm doing this today is because the point of the New Testament is the church. And The Bible explicitly says that in the Old Testament, this church was a mystery, and it gives reasons for that. And it also says that it's something that the prophets and even the angels desire to look into. It's one of the most magnificent, beautiful parts of God's entire redemptive plan of of his whole work in creation is the institution of the church. You know, you have other institutions, you have the home. So the family unit, that's a huge deal to God all throughout scripture. Then you have government and government's rise and fall. That's the study of history. That's very interesting. Um, It's not the crowning emphasis of scripture, but it's very important. Then you have the institution of Israel. And that's what we've looked at a lot going through the book of Daniel. And that's definitely highlighted in the Old Testament and in the New Testament. But then you have something unique to the New Testament That's the fourth institution. That's the church. And it's called a mystery. Now, what does that term mystery mean? Well, it's it's explained for us in the New Testament. So here's one passage, Colossians 1, verses 24 through 29, explains this a little bit. It says, Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church? Whereof I am made a minister, according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you, to fulfill the word of God, even the mystery, which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints, to whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory." Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus, whereunto I also labor, striving according to his working, which worketh in me mightily. 
So in this passage, we see that the church was a mystery in the Old Testament, which simply means something that was not explained, it was not revealed. But in the New Testament, it has been clearly and plainly taught. We have all the information we need. In fact, the entire book of Ephesians is really a manual about the church. And that discusses uh, God's plan of redemption, uh, salvation. It discusses the church as a body, a one collective body of all believers in Christ who share that common faith in God and how there's no longer a divide between the Jew and the Gentile in the church. We are all one. We are all on equal ground. We all have direct access to God. It's just an amazing thing. And this is a privilege that no one in the Old Testament had. Uh, Israel had its unique privileges. There were the promises of uh, God blessing those who blessed them, God cursing those who cursed them, giving them land, giving them uh, inheritance, a a great nation, providing uh, scripture through them, providing the Messiah through them. They had unique privileges and, and benefits and promises. But the church also has unique privileges, such as being filled with the Holy Spirit. Every person in the church is indwelt by the Spirit permanently, unconditionally. And that's true across the board for the whole institution of the church. That wasn't the case with Israel. That wasn't the case with the Levites, with any group in the Old Testament. They didn't have that distinct privilege that we have as the church. And that's why he says, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you? the hope of glory. So God, in his mercy, turned his attention from the Jewish people to the world, to the Gentiles, to all mankind. And he gives that invitation to come to Christ, to anyone who will hear. That's God's mercy. That's his riches to the Gentiles revealed in the church. And we see that even in Daniel, don't we? I mean, we see hints of that. We see that the first chapter describes the testimony of Daniel. And then there's, from chapters 2 to chapter 7, there's this huge amount of writing that's devoted to reaching out to the Gentiles, to warning them, to telling them of God's judgment, giving even the testimony of Nebuchadnezzar. Very interesting conversion testimony from him. For, for what reason? For the Gentiles, it shows God's heart for all of mankind that everyone would be saved. And we even see that in the Magi coming and worshiping Christ. So very interesting, but, but we're focusing on this parentheses in Daniel. So there's the, the first section of time, the 69 weeks referring to Israel. Then the stopwatch stops. And in between... Before it starts back up again with that last week of Daniel's 70-week prophecy, there's this invisible gap, this parentheses, that is the church age, which was a mystery in the Old Testament. But now we see the the ultimate uh, climax of God's plan and God's mercy. Let me read uh, 1 Corinthians 12, a couple verses here, 12 through 14, and then verse 27. It says, For as the body is one and hath many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit we are all baptized into one body, 
whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one spirit. For the body is not one member, but many. Now ye are the body of Christ, and all members in particular. And Ephesians says uh, very similar teaching to that, how we are all in the same body. Um, Jews and Gentiles, we all have commonality in Christ. What a tremendous blessing. And so that's the parentheses in Daniel. There's actually a good book. Um, I've only skimmed through it, but what I've kind of picked up here and there has been really good. It's called The Great Parentheses, The Mystery in Daniel's Prophecy. And it's by Ironside. And he talks about uh, this very thing, this idea of the, the focus on either side of uh, the God's dealings with his people Israel. And, and trust me, Romans 11 is very clear. God has not cast away Israel. God is not done with them. Replacement theology is not biblical. Um, but then, he, so he gives the explanation of God's dealings with Israel, but then Ironside also points out that today is the day of salvation, how we live in such a beautiful, as the Bible calls it, the acceptable year of the Lord, where there's opportunity to get right with God. And First uh, Peter 1, verses 10 through 12, is another great passage. It talks about salvation that the prophets inquired and searched diligently into, uh, searching what manner and time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, and how we now have the privilege of understanding this gospel that's been delivered to all nations, which the angels desired to look into. And that's, that's written by Peter under inspiration. So, in other words, we live in a very exciting time in the church age, and God's not done with Israel. And we're not done with this prophecy, so we will finish it up next week when we get back to Daniel chapter 9. See you then. Thank you for listening to Sermon Snippets. If this Bible study is a help to you, consider downloading the weekly episodes or sharing this podcast with a friend. Until next time, remember that God's Word is perfect, and it's everything you need to live for Him.